and codes verified. Is it a crucial stage? It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and happy to be going out live simulcasting with WCETFM in Columbia, South Carolina, <laughs> thelastfrequency.com, uh, the Vera Network, and tonight, for the first time, we are also live with the K-Star Radio Network. So, so very glad to have all you fine That's folks next here. week. Oh, is it next week? Ah, oh, thought we were starting tonight. I am so disappointed now. Anyway, uh, uh, false alarm. Here we go, though. We are doing something a little different tonight as well. We're starting with a guest right out the gate. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a man whose name you should recognize. I know most of the listeners here will recognize. Uh, he is credited as being the creator, inventor of mRNA vaccination technology. He became persona non grata uh, due to big tech and the effort to collude with government censorship. He now has authored the new book, Lies My Government Told Me. 
and the better future coming. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, first of all, Dr. Malone, thank you so very much for your time, and uh, thank you for joining us tonight. How are you doing today, sir? Pretty good, Tim. You sound like you're doing okay yourself. Well, I'm doing about as well as I have any business doing, that's for sure. I have no uh, no room to complain whatsoever. Uh, you know, Dr. Malone, I, I have been closely following your story from the very beginning, and one of the things that has been so very astounding to me well, once the censorship took on, I should say, is you were one of these voices who – I think beyond anyone else probably should be one of the first people we're talking to because if anybody knows and understands mRNA technology as far as uh, treatments, uh, the uh, vaccination part of it, all of this stuff, you should be the leading voice there as opposed to somebody that we we can't be listening to. So I, I, I was so astonished when I started looking at the book, I, and I have to admit I haven't had a chance to get through it. Uh, but uh, just seeing how you first discovered the censorship uh, taking place, how it actually started because of a project with your uh, wife and something she was doing, trying to self-publish information so that people would just know truth. Um, how surprising to you was it that here you are, eminently qualified to discuss it, and yet you're one of those voices that just cannot be permitted to speak on the topic. Well, maybe uh, there's cause and effect there. You know, it's because I uh, am a credible voice and I do know what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is contrary to the approved narrative. That's why I had to be censored. Okay. In that, it still it boggles my mind though because we we've been told time and time again about how uh, speech should be protected and how uh, places like Twitter uh, before Elon bought it out is supposed to be the public square. Places like uh, Google Technologies, YouTube, these are places where you're supposed to be able to go to get information, and there was just no room for this. Uh, ultimately, this comes down to what you have been referring to as fifth-generation warfare. Would you uh, mind explaining to uh, the listeners a little bit more of what that means? Well, briefly, um, fifth-gen warfare is the new uh, battleground in which we're not fighting over territory. We're fighting over your mind what you think and believe, what your emotions are, what information you have. That's the new battleground. It's a battleground of pure propaganda in which there's no separation between combatants and civilians. And there's no rules of engagement. Anything goes. Anything that they can do to influence you to believe whatever it is that they intend that you believe is fair game. It's a, it's a battleground that is extremely complex, shifty, morphing constantly. And just to illustrate, all of social media is this battleground. Twitter is both a weapon in fifth-generation warfare as well as a place that we fight over to influence what people are thinking and believing and saying. And when you get things like shadow banned, that's really not about anything that you're doing personally. It's about crafting 
a belief system and a narrative in which certain voices are amplified and others are suppressed so that the listeners, the people that are encountering these um, uh, voices, are influenced to believe, think, and feel in ways that whoever is guiding the dialogue wishes them to believe, think, or feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it goes right along with the concept of nudging. Uh, that's something that's – I know you've spoken about that too, but – uh, it's something that's been kind of ongoing for a long time. It's been utilized in marketing, and it's certainly been uh, uh, utilized in propaganda slash uh, political messaging for a very long time. But we kind of entered a whole new age Almost under the Obama administration propaganda. back when they actually publicly acknowledged to having what they refer to as a nudge squad, uh, trying to uh, – move people and decide for themselves, of course, that they wanted to to behave in the approved fashion. Uh, and, and really, it's about not allowing uh, those dissenting voices to even be heard so that you don't understand there is a difference. Uh, we see it uh, with the legacy media quite a bit, uh, where if it's not the narrative they want to share, they don't want to report it. They'll under-report it, they won't report it at all, or they'll try to discredit it. And that is a lot of what happened to you, especially in the early days of you stepping forward. Uh, even with your appearance with Joe Rogan, when suddenly they tried to take him off Spotify because he had the nerve, the unmitigated gall, to talk to you, a man who might actually know what you're talking about, more so than a lot of the people that have been allowed to just uh, spat out the uh, approved narrative. Yep, fair enough, agreed. Uh, we're we're in a very torturous environment where everything is being controlled and weaponized. Every single thing you touch, feel, um, hear, you know, Netflix, all channels, obviously the television, we see it all the time on CNN, but it's also occurring through the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Atlantic Monthly, Rolling Stone, every channel you could think of. All right, so uh, with the book, Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming, uh, you lay out essentially how the censorship began and what's your role moving forward in your effort to try to continuously to make sure that information is available. But uh, as you decided to, to bring this book, you, you had to go the route of uh, – and I, I don't say this, and it kind of sounds like a negative, but you went with Skyhorse Publishing, which a phenomenal organization. They will publish uh, stuff without fear of pushback. They are the, the, the absolute anti-woke version of publishing, one of the few places that is currently untouched by this same type of level of censorship. So they've become big heroes of mine. Uh, was there... Any other uh, options available for publishing the book, or did you decide up front that Skyhorse was the route you wanted to go because they garnered this reputation of fearlessness? It didn't really happen like that. Uh, I had been asked by Bobby and by Tony Lyons, by Bobby Kennedy, to edit Bobby's book, The Real Anthony Fauci. And I did that on two separate versions. And after I finished that, uh, Tony asked me, 
whether I'd be interested in creating my own book. So it was it was the publisher reaching out to me. And, uh, you know, behind uh, Skyhorse is Simon & Schuster. They're the people that are actually doing the production. Uh, so you're right, Tony Lyons and Skyhorse have done a great job, and they've, they've thrived by doing it. And by the way, just to say it to your audience, uh, through Monday, you can get and download both this book, Lies My Government Told Me, Ed Dowd's book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, on Kindle version for free. So if you want to grab these and you're on a budget and you're interested in reading, you can get all three for free if you get it before Monday. Hey, well, that's great information. I hope, uh, hope everybody out there will take full advantage of it because if they don't, I'm sure they'll re- end up regretting it. Uh, during the course of putting the book together, though, uh, one of the questions I like to ask a lot of authors, uh, this, this wasn't a case where you were having to, to delve super deep into things you weren't already knowledgeable about, but as you were moving forward, uh, was there anything as, as you reevaluated, as you did some research to, to make sure that all the things, was there anything that really surprised you or shocked you beyond what you had already experienced personally? Well, the book actually did take a lot of work uh, to put together, and it has a wide variety of topics, particularly in the middle section where we're trying to make sense out of what's happened to all of us. And Jill and I go down all kinds of rabbit holes, uh, things that I never expected to be learning about, such as the World Economic Forum, the nuance of administrative law in the United States, uh, the... um, the various uh, permutations in political science behind uh, totalitarianism and uh, the inverted totalitarianism of of the modern administrative state in the United States. It goes on and on that the, um, I didn't, I've been dealing with the press for years, but what's happened to the press during the corporate media during the last three years is something that I never anticipated. The the propaganda and really the whole fifth generation warfare topic area, which we only start to cover in the book, covered it much more in our substack since the publication of the book. That's been an area that I never really expected to wander into. Likewise, the economics, uh, what is actually behind a lot of this and, and uh, the world of uh, blockchain, Bitcoin, uh, central bank, digital currency, the economic factors that have gone into this is, some, is a space that I've never explored before. I'm not trained in economics, and that took a lot of work for me to make sense out of. So there's a bunch of topics, and, and maybe that's why it can be helpful for folks that are not yet awake or that are interested in exploring what happened over the last three years, which is the intended audience for the book. There's a lot of little Easter eggs for people that have been awake and have been paying attention that they might have forgotten about or missed. But uh, it's really written for people that are curious but still not um, fully aware or awake to what's happened to all of us over the last three years. But they want to try to make better sense out of the experiences they've had. Right. 
I mean, it is astounding how much all this layers on top of each other, and uh, you're pulling at threads at a very intricately woven effort to control uh, a lot of people and have them still thinking they're making decisions for themselves based on uh, your primary concern. You've expressed it multiple times, not having uh, enough information to really give uh, something very basic to medicine informed consent uh your expertise obviously in uh, virology immunology molecular biology uh you you are a man who's devoted yourself to the science of advancement of medicine you want to help and heal people and that is something that is endangered when all of government all of private sector interactions is designed to prevent you from being able to make an informed decision. Uh, at this stage in the game, and I know we have to start ra uh, kind of wrapping up, uh, what is the primary message you're hoping that people will take away uh, from the book? And then what other message would you like to share in general uh, with the listening audience before we say our goodbyes and uh, give you a chance to share websites and things of that nature? So the most important thing is, number one, there are people that are vaccine damaged, and there are people that have died from these products, and they need to be acknowledged. The vaccine damaged need to stop being gaslit and start being helped. For people in general, in a sense, we're all victims. We've all been treated with this amazingly coordinated PSYOPs campaign that's been deployed against us over the last three years. It's been global. It's been harmonized. It's been backed financially by governments and who knows who else. But people don't have to be victims. They can be warriors. They can, be, they can engage in this. And they can engage best if they come to learn what fifth generation warfare is, how this psyops works, how the internet is manipulated, how the media is manipulated to control what they're thinking and what they're believing. And just like when you learn how advertising works, you can be a lot more resistant to the pitches to buy McDonald's hamburgers. If you learn how psyops works, you can see through it when it's deployed on you. But more than that, if you start um, learning about it and start practicing it in social media, in the, in the grocery store when you encounter people, you can be empowered. The beautiful thing about fifth gen warfare is it's completely decentralized and largely leaderless. So you can be a leader, you can be a warrior. If you learn how to do this, you do not have to be a victim. The other thing about it is that for those people that really got caught up in it, that got hypnotized, and may have said some really ugly things. I'm not talking about Tony Fauci, Rochelle Walensky, uh, um, Klaus Schwab. I'm not talking about the people that have been operational and leading in imposing all this on us. But for your, your brother, your sister, your mother, um, the person in, at work, if you think of it, if you're one of the ones that have been awake, the rest of them have succumbed to military-grade psyops. And 
in a sense, they're the real victims. What this allows, if you think this way, is you can approach them with an open heart. You don't have to hate. You don't have to resent these people. You can recognize that you're the one who's fortunate that you've woken up or were never never succumbed to those psyops. And they have. And approach them with an open heart and try to help them become awake also, help them to realize what's been done to them. And I think this book is a is a great starting point for giving you the tools and the information to do that. So what I'm really trying to get people to hear is it doesn't serve any good to hate your neighbor and your coworker and your family member, even if they've done some really ugly stuff or said ugly stuff over the last three years. It only serves the agenda of the people that are our opponents. It keeps us divided. And when we're divided, we're weak. So in sum, what I suggest is recommit yourself to integrity, respecting human dignity, building community, and try to approach these people that have been really victims of the PSYOPs with an open heart and try to help them to come out of their hypnosis, come out of all of the propaganda that's been deployed on them. This way is how we can win, in my opinion. All right. I think that's very well said. And uh, I do hope that uh, everyone will keep that in mind. It's a general message I try to promote here quite a bit, reminding everybody uh, what we're actually fighting against, and it's not each other. Uh, We have an adversary that likes keeping us separated. Real quick, Doctor, please uh, let everybody know where they can find the book again, share any websites you'd like to, and if you're inviting folks to follow you on social media in any capacity on any platform, uh, feel free to share those handles real quick as well. So the best is our daily Substack. That's rwmalonemd.substack.com. You don't have to pay. It's free. If you wish to subscribe, that's great, but you're not required to. It's about getting the information out. So that's rwmalonemd.substack.com. And on other social media channels, whether it's Twitter, Gab, Getter, True Social, it's at rwmalonemd. And for those that are interested in the deeper dive into things like all of the people that have been trained by the Young Leaders Program for the World Economic Forum, uh, you can find that on maloneinstitute.org. All right. Again, thank you so much for your time this evening, Dr. Malone. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I know I don't have to say this, but uh, definitely hope you stay in the fight for as long as uh, is necessary. You're a valuable voice and an important uh, leader just because of how much you do know. And I really hope we get a chance to get together and talk again sometime soon. Uh, God bless to you, sir, and Godspeed. Thank you, Tim. Be good. Bye-bye. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Malone. I mean, uh, Dr. Robert Malone, if if you're like me and have been paying attention to the censorship when he first started coming out talking about the, RM, R, the mRNA technology that he helped develop, that he is a primary – that he's generally credited as being the creator, the inventor, and then for this guy. To be the one that they say, oh, no, we can't have him talking about this, uh, just 
mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. So, yeah, definitely uh, feel free to take advantage of that free opportunity to get the, the Kindle downloads that he mentioned. I only got till Monday, so I hope you guys will take advantage of it because while I haven't had a chance to finish reading the, the book, uh, I, I've gotten a good way through, and I've only stopped when I've had to go do other things like uh, show prep for this and work at the day job. Uh, it's it's a very good book so far, and it really is uh, not about the science side of things, uh, although he talks a good deal about it, but about how we have these interlinking levels of uh, psyops basically being uh, performed against us. I will put links in the show description for those of you listening to the podcast later uh, to the Substack and uh, – uh, to some uh, other uh, connections like uh, the book and various things. In the meanwhile, uh, before we go to our uh, mid-hour break, I would like to once again talk to you about Craig. See, uh, Craig is a man who was trying to do the right thing during Hurricane Ida, and uh, he went out and he bought a gas generator. He fired it up. Unfortunately for Craig, during the night, deadly carbon monoxide poisoning occurred. In his household, the carbon monoxide gas, it seeped out of his generator and into his home. It poisoned his wife, his two children. They both passed away in their sleep. And the saddest part of this is that Craig's not alone. It happens to thousands of Americans every year. Thankfully, uh, only uh, not thankfully, thousands aren't dying, but thousands of people suffer from carbon monoxide poisoning every year. And uh, the, the real the real sad, sad part is that it doesn't have to happen. Thanks to a whole brand new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators that's now available to all Americans, even those of you out there who maybe think you can't afford it. The power, the Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator and sold here. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, getting a message from Doug, and it just kind of flashed on the screen and disappeared. <laughs> The Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator that doesn't use gas, so it doesn't have fumes. And instead of being loud, it's as quiet as a laptop. Plus, so lightweight, you literally can take it with you whenever you need to go somewhere. You can go camping with it, or you can take it indoors. Powerful enough to keep your phones charged up, your emergency radios operating, your medical devices going, and even keep your refrigerator going if that's what you needed to do right now you can go to fourpatriots.com and use code tap t-a-p-p to get 10 percent off your first purchase on anything in the store including the patriot power generator just go to the number four fourpatriots.com and use code tap t-a-p-p use all caps get 10 percent off that's fourpatriots.com use code t-a-p-p to get yours today and doug if you will take it away we'll do the mid-hour break don't go anywhere we'll be right back you're listening to tap into the truth Many 
in the United States, also known as the Matrix, are granting women their wish. So why are so many U.S. females so mad? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Due to years of institutional indoctrination against harmonious natural relationships between men and women, American men and women are more at odds than any time in history. Females were convinced that strong masculine men were toxic and that the father was no more of an authority figure than a family pet. Females in great numbers told men to buzz off unless he was very wealthy, had the right look. But average to decent looking men of middle class income need not apply. So men not being emotional simps are honoring the U.S. female request to be left alone. Those of us in the U.S. blessed enough to find a good traditional-oriented wife who appreciate us are a small minority. But now single females who braggadociously told men to back off are beginning to have second thoughts. But U.S. men are choosing to stay away from Western females and are finding true happiness and appreciation elsewhere. So if you are a single young man in the Matrix, the grass may be greener elsewhere than here in the U.S., it's that bad. I'm Ron Edwards. See you on the next page from the Edwards Notebook. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. These products are patented and proven. Second Skull is a protective headgear company. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Berger, founder and chair of Voices Against Trafficking. Check out our website, VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com, for our books and magazines. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. What a beautiful noise coming up from the street. Got a beautiful sound. It's got a beautiful beat. It's a beautiful noise. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. Glad to have all of you along for Friday night as we are sharing the night together. <laughs> Quick shout out to Arizona Antihero hanging out in the chat room over at MeWe. And uh, as you heard that liner, 
We have a new first-time guest on the show with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the founder of Voices Against Trafficking, uh, Miss Andy Berger. Uh, first and foremost, Andy, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I appreciate you coming in, especially on relatively short notice. Oh, well, it's my honor, Tim. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, you know, I... I saw the promo pop up, and I had a chance to look at everything involved with how you came into this particular line. And I saw you really had recently wrote this a very small piece, and you've been speaking about the idea about defining the differences between prostitution and human trafficking. And I think it's very good that you're making an effort to uh, make that distinction now because we're, we are starting to see folks trying to, to mm, kind of meld these ideas together as if somehow human trafficking isn't any different. Therefore, it doesn't have the same incantations. And I think part of that has to do with uh, efforts to try and lessen the humanitarian crisis we have going on at the southern border. And it also has a lot to do with this new move, uh, just this strange movement to try and normalize pedophilia. And those two things together uh, are really kind of moving to this area where they have the need to soften how most of us think about these things. But somebody like yourself, given your background, you're definitely not going to fall for this. So before we go into that particular part of the conversation, just in case somebody's not familiar with your story, uh, could you uh, share a little bit about how you came to be this voice uh, in an effort to try and stop trafficking? Absolutely. Thank you for that. And you are spot on with everything you said. Uh, the reason I'm so passionate personally is because I didn't have a voice when I was younger. So from the ages of six months to 17 years old, I was uh, brutally violated, abused, and sexually trafficked by my immediate family members and a few extended family members. Uh, and it was so hor horrific that uh, by the age of five, I thought it would be better if I was just dead because in the early 60s and 70s, Tim, they didn't have terms like, you know, uh, human trafficking. We weren't even as a culture talking about child abuse. That was stuff people kept hidden or we don't talk about that crazy uncle. It, it was just all secrets. But uh, I decided I would just jump in front of a car and end it because uh, being dead would be a lot better. And at least I'd be at peace um, and not be touched by anybody or hurt by anyone. But in my life, that's where God met me on a curb of my house at age five. And basically I heard this voice that said, this is not the plan I have for you. Suicide is not the answer. And I really believed that voice. And that was the beginning, even though it wasn't an easy childhood by any means. Uh, I had two other attempts to take my life because it was so bad and no one was out there hearing my cries or helping. And so uh, the last time my birth mother tried to take my life, I was 17. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a, a heartbreaking story to hear it, but it is also a, an inspirational story because you talk about how that's how you met God, and, and it was actually uh, developing that personal relationship uh, in a matter that a lot of people who claim religion don't always get to experience. You had and developed a personal relationship with God. 
and you feel like he's been leading you since, and that was what led to the creation of the organization, Voices Against Trafficking, right? Absolutely. And uh, before Voices, he led my husband and I to found a, a shelter system. We created a safe house system, and we rescued over 300 uh, at-risk homeless teens in our area in Central Oregon and a little beyond, and over 14 years. And we were all volunteers, but we really believed that if we could intercede, in a young person's life that had been trafficked, sexually violated, abandoned, whatever, because these kids were the kids running from something worse than they thought would be on the streets, then, you know, we would be doing something good. And a lot of them have gone to college, and that became the mustard seed for Voices Against Trafficking, which gives us a much larger platform where we can save thousands and create public awareness, just like you're doing. And kudos for being a media member for doing this, helping us get the message out that, um, you know, the truth and the hope of the situation. There's truth that people need to know, Tim, but there's also hope because, you know, six decades later, here I am, right? Yeah, and that that really does need to be the positive. Uh, and in this age of information, technology, uh, we see so much of a disconnect with personal interactions. So a lot of these younger kids that are finding themselves in a similar situation, uh, they don't have a means to interact or to, to find the type of help and assistance you need. So in the effort to do that, uh, in your creation of uh, the organization Voices Against Trafficking, uh, what exactly do you guys do now? Just again, I want everybody sure. to be a hundred percent knowledgeable about what it is you guys are doing, because every step of the way you've been trying to help people and and you've been trying to to provide the, the type of assistance that just wasn't available uh, before and is still hard to find because in a lot of cases. Uh, a lot of the people that are most commonly trafficked now are either, again, folks that are coming across the border or people who have found themselves in a uh, unfortunate situation like yourself with family members. But we also see a lot of the new uh, – this I'm trying to think of the proper term uh, – uh, the social contagion of transgenderism. It's also been turned into a, an open door uh, leading to gender confusion that's leading to trafficking. And in this time frame, all the social pressure is to not say a thing that might uh, go contrary to what the popular consensus is. And that's something you guys are having to break through, too. So how are you doing that? And what is the uh, the actual workings of uh, the voices, the sure. organization? Sure, absolutely. We are like the hub of a wheel. We are kind of the network of networkers, and every spoke is an individual, a company, um, and nonprofit organization, law enforcement, other survivors, all anyone who wants to be part of the movement in this human rights movement to help make it better. So what we do, we promote greater public awareness through national and international educational tools. We have books. A couple of them are on Amazon.com. We have another one coming out this year. We've put billboards in Times Square on New Year's Eve with a help text number, you know, to for anyone that's uh, potentially a victim or needs help. Uh, we do situational awareness trainings, and we have specific curriculum that in just 90 days, 
any family unit can be uh, more aware of how to protect themselves or children, what to do in a situation that they may think they're ready for, but they probably aren't, and in just four minutes a day. So we have a great curriculum there. We do public service announcements through the media, especially in April, Child Abuse Awareness Month, and in July for uh, National Human Trafficking Awareness. We also just now released a Voices of Courage magazine, uh, which will be followed up by a television show that will be on Roku. Uh, so the magazine kind of highlights some of the people that are out there doing the work, maybe without recognition, but they're changing not only neighborhoods and communities, but our country and, and the world in general because we're international now. And so this has all kinds of uh, contributing articles, whether it's about uh, trauma, recovering from PTSD, or it's about human trafficking. It's about any human rights that have been uh, co- uh, that have been violated. But we want to give truth and hope because we want the tools to get out there. We also influence legislators, and we have members of Congress from both sides that work with us. But together, Tim, our collective voices are dedicated to ending human bondage sexual slavery, and the violation of the essential human rights for every human. And that includes stealing a child's innocence through agenda or other ways. Yeah. All right. Now, back to the point about trying to make sure that we have a differential uh, understanding between prostitution and human trafficking. And and part of the reason why it's been kind of conflated together is because once someone has been trafficked, uh, in a fashion for a while, sometimes uh, they will end up turning to uh, prostitution. But again, it's not like it was truly their choice. It's just become something that they're so accustomed to. It's kind of an easy way out, and that just speaks to the damage that's happened. But uh, I'd much rather yeah. hear your take and your description and, and why this distinction is important to make and that we don't forget it. Absolutely. Well, let's start with with the definitions. Okay, so technically, by Google, a prostitute is a person, male or female, who engages in sexual activity for payment. Uh, they're defrauded, coerced, threatened in other ways, but they're forced into sexual servitude and abuse. And statistics now show 89% of female prostitutes did not choose to do that. They were recruited as minors. And, Tim, we know right now that the average age of introduction to se- uh, sex working or commercial sex trade is 12 to 14 years old. These are victims, though. They're not child prostitutes, as if that makes it any less reprehensible. So really, the actual definition of a prostitute should be a sexually exploited person. And I I have to thank Bill Wolf from Enough is Enough, because in his article in our magazine, he goes into great detail about words matter and what we're using today versus what, you know, people want us to use. And then you have the pimp, of course, which is an agent for the prostitutes, who is really a human trafficker. Okay, because they have uh, no regard for the dignity of that human being. They're willing to exploit their bodies for profit and they traffic them. So they should be criminals. But we've we've desensitized people to that. Oh, you know, it's just, you know, the old trade. Right. But that's that's not right. So uh, human trafficking, when you coerce or uh, manipulate or groom a child, any innocent, no matter what age, and you, and you sell them. You basically sell them for profit. That is trafficking, okay? And traffickers, you're right. They do often put their products, their human products, into prostitution because they make a lot of money that way. But it's not okay. by choice for the victim. 
Yeah, and it, it really still comes back around to the very simple fact that that people are being victimized. That's what's happening here. And yes. real harm is being done uh, spiritually and emotionally, if not physically. But in lots of cases, there's physical harm to boot. Absolutely. And drug abuse, because uh, I think uh, listeners might be surprised to know that one human trafficking victim is sold 20 to 25 times a day. Okay, think of a 12-year-old being sold that many times. They cannot endure that, so oftentimes they're drugged, which then creates a drug problem if and when that victim ever gets uh, to escape or be rescued. So every 40 seconds in America right now, Tim, uh, a child 18 years or younger is being abducted. They're lured into maybe the promise of a summer job or modeling or, you know, mowing lawns. Don't worry. We'll pick you up. You know, you don't have to have a car. We'll pay cash. Stuff like that. That seems innocent, but it isn't. So we have to be more diligent. But one every 40 seconds, we're losing a child in this country. Yeah, yeah part of this equation still comes in, too, where, where a lot of these kids are kind of being misled, uh, due to online communication. So, again, yes. it becomes very incumbent on, upon parents to make sure that they are aware of what their children's online activities are. I would assume that's a, a big part of what you guys emphasize as well. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons we have helplines and hotlines on our our website, voicesagainsttrafficking.com, because right now every uh, parent, every aunt, foster parent, grandparent can put those numbers in their phone. If they see something, they can say something safely. If they have uh, kids of an appropriate age that understand what those numbers are, they can be in their phones right now because one in five kids today are contacted by predators on social media, and 88% of uh, the human trafficking and child sex sexual exploitation originates through the internet. There's 250,000 plus predators every day looking for your children, your niece, your nephew. Yeah. I know uh, the the last major story that I was talking about on air uh, earlier last week uh, involved somebody pretending to be a 15-year-old skater uh, to lure this 14-year-old girl uh, out and away from her uh, her grandparents who had parental rights. And this girl, as a result, ended up uh, being spirited away uh, to Baltimore. And then, because the officials in Baltimore uh, were not in a big hurry to acknowledge parental rights, but instead was more concerned about pushing... Uh, their woke identity politics uh, did not let the girl go back to the grandparents and she ends up uh, in a uh, group home and she ends up running away from there and she ends up being trafficked yet a second time Uh, unfortunately she ended up in texas and when they finally were the uh, when the authorities there were able to rescue her she ended up getting back home but just the absurdity of this whole situation, uh, she thought she was talking to a 15-year-old guy, and in fact it was a 48-year-old uh, convicted uh, sexual predator. And 
again, you just it's tough these days to be that informed even when you're trying but you've at least got to make the effort and that's that's really the important thing to to message to the parents they have a role that's what go ahead oh i'm so sorry there's a little um delay there i i was just saying absolutely that's why we're doing our best to try and get as many different medium you know whether it's magazines tv shows you know print anything we can to get into the hands of the general public well, I absolutely uh, am uh, in all of your efforts, Andy, and, and I appreciate it so very much. Uh, the fact that you have uh, dedicated so much of uh, your time and effort into just, you know, following the calling and, and following the plan uh, as it's been laid out to you. But, you know, you are doing uh, work and you are saving lives and you're touching lives in a way that a lot of us can only hope to do. And unfortunately, uh, way too many of us out here aren't even trying to do. So thank you so much for everything that you, your husband, and everybody that's associated with your organization is doing. It means a lot to me. Uh, before we uh, say our goodbyes, uh, please, again, uh, share the websites that you'd like to share. If you're inviting folks to follow you on social media platforms of any kind, feel free to share your handles. Uh, and any final thoughts you'd like to put out there, uh, go ahead and do all that right now. Absolutely. Thank you very much. VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com is our main website. You'll find helplines, hotlines, ways to add your voice and ways to donate, of course, because that's how we do this work. Uh, we also have VoicesOfCourage.media where you can get our brand new magazine, Voices of Courage, and not only get truth and hope, but also action items. So those are two things to do. But as far as social media, we are on Facebook. Facebook, uh, look up Voices Against trafficking. You'll find a lot of our YouTube videos. We do quarterly forums that give information from many different speakers in very short uh, pieces of time. So those are free. Everything we do is to get that next person educated and hopefully inspired to help save the next victim or to prevent the next victim, Tim. And that uh, we're very grateful uh, to have the opportunity. Again, VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com. Please go there today. Put the numbers in your phone and get get a little more information on what you can do. Start having conversations in your family and with your kids, even the teenagers and college students. They need to know you care. You're not policing them, that you're trying to protect them. Yeah, I think sometimes that is the uh, hardest line to walk, uh, especially once uh, the kids get to a certain number with a one in front of it and then somewhere around four, five, six, and then pretty much every age after that, uh, they they think that you're trying to control instead of trying to help. And it, it, that is one of the bigger challenges. But again, thank you so much for everything that you're doing, Andy. And uh, I hope we can get together and talk again soon. Uh, definitely would love to uh, reemphasize some of the uh, message and, uh, and just help get deeper into some of these topics uh, in a future meeting. Uh, Godspeed, God bless, and again, uh, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. You're welcome. God bless you and your listeners. Thank you so much. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Miss Andy Berger. And yeah, again, uh, there will be a link in the show description if you're listening to the uh, podcast or if you're listening to the live simulcast out there and you don't have access to that show description. Guess what? You can come find the podcast. And 
hopefully you'll go ahead and follow or subscribe depending on where you get what platform you go to uh, and maybe even listen to some older shows that maybe you haven't heard but uh, even if all you do is look up tonight's show and then click the links the links will be there and uh, again I highly recommend that you uh, that you do exactly that check out this organization they are doing very good work and it's very important work Uh it boggles my mind. Again, this is one of those areas where uh, the left is trying to control the language, and they're trying to soften the language. They're trying to get this idea that somehow being human trafficked is a choice, that it's not really causing harm, that somehow prostitution itself doesn't actually cause harm. It does. It creates a level of spiritual, emotional harm if you engage with it. Even if you think that you're uh, absolutely 100%, this is my choice, this is how I, I want to make a living, uh, there is still damage being done. It creates a hole that maybe you don't even recognize. But there's a reason why people that engage in prostitution as a career path often have other things going on that, um, we'll just say that's less than healthy. Okay? I, I'm trying to be a little more diplomatic than usual when I, when I make the statement because I, I don't want somebody out there to get defensive in the event that maybe they have done this kind of thing in the past. And, you know, this first hour we've been talking very much about uh, a reconciliatory attitude. And even if they get nasty with us, we should still try to reach out. And so that's a good idea. It's the Pollyanna and me where oftentimes I'll try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I'll try to remind you guys that, hey, remember who the real enemy is. And it's not each other. These people try to keep us divided. And one of the bigger challenges we have. And it is a big challenge. It is really tough, especially if you're somebody like me, puts myself out there through the show and through writing and all this other stuff. Uh, I become a target. People like Ron Edwards, who will be joining us here in the second hour, he becomes a target. People like Doug, who just by uh, association, he becomes a target. Of course, sometimes I think Doug enjoys it. That's another story. <laughs> At the end of the day, we do tend to wear that as a badge of honor, but we take so much of that flack, sometimes we generalize too, and we just start swinging back. And we don't always take the time to realize why the if certain people are attacking when they do. The uh, the big names, the important people, the, the folks that you know that are profiting or trying to manipulate you and what however – those folks know exactly what they're doing, but a lot of the people, the rank and file, the woke, they're victims of the system that has been designed to hold them down. And the whole human trafficking thing's not any different. It is victimization. So please, uh, even if you just take a look around, follow the link, go check about Voices Against Trafficking. Well... I've been getting the countdown. I guess we need to try and ease into the next hour. So we will do that here in just a moment. I am looking forward to getting to talk with Ron here in the second hour, so don't go anywhere. We'll be talking about some of the more um, – well, some of the more newsworthy items of the last week. 
And uh, in the meanwhile, if Doug can handle the time, I say let's go ahead and start the uh, transition into hour number two. Uh, he's, I think he's got uh, got this handled. <laughs> that's the message I'm getting. All right, guys. Don't go <laughs> okay. Anywhere. It's two minutes early, but that's okay. You want a, a Reagan in there to uh, fill in time? That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, we need some Reagan. Now is a good time for Reagan. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Kicking in the next hour. Thank you, Doug. thought of the importance of communication and how much a part it plays in what you and I, what all of us are trying to do. And one day, a former place kicker with the Los Angeles Rams, who later became a sports announcer, Danny Villanueva, told me about communications. He said he'd been having dinner over at the home of a young ball player with the Dodgers. The young wife was bustling about getting the dinner ready. They were talking sports and the baby started to cry. And over her shoulder, his busy wife said to the ball player, change the baby. And he was a young fellow, and he was embarrassed in front of Danny, and he said, what do you mean, change the baby? I'm a ball player. That's not my line of work. And she turned around, put her hands on her hips, and she communicated. (laughs) She said, look, Buster, you lay the diaper out like a diamond. You put second base on home plate. You put the baby's bottom on the pitcher's mound. You hook up first and third, slide home underneath, and if it starts to rain, the game ain't called. You start all over. and gentlemen we are back and i i do hope you guys love me because i certainly love you you know not in a creepy kind of way but it's in a fellow patriotic american way at least that's the story i'm sticking with okay it is friday and i do hope that you guys are having a fantastic start to your weekend it is my joy my pleasure my honor to once again get to welcome back to the show a fellow great american patriot you know him as the purveyor of the edwards notebook and the host of the ron edwards american experience and the name of the show might give it away as ladies and gentlemen welcome back once again mr ron edwards ron thank you so much for joining us this friday and how the heck are you my friend Super. Thanks for uh, having me back. Uh, it's a treat to be here. Sorry, I missed it last week. Uh, called in. Uh, man, I lost track of time. I called in a little late, and I missed that ball game. But I'm glad to be back this week. And uh, you, you, I, you, you said that you uh, love folks and and all that. And well, that's kind of appropriate uh, at this time because you know they're bringing back the purple dinosaur. Remember, I love you. You love me. No, 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 no. I forget what was it, what his name was, but uh, yeah, they said they're bringing him back. So uh, you're right on yeah. time there, guy. 
Yeah, I I saw that last week. They were talking about a reboot for Barney the Dinosaur. Barney. Uh, yeah, that's. I had name. tried to put it out of my mind, Ron. Thank you for, for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I like to torture folks every once in a while, so I, I figured that was a good way to do it. Well, you know, it actually makes a pretty good segue because uh, one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about is everything going on in East Palestine, uh, Ohio, and uh, the two different visits that happened this week. And since one of those belongs to Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he kind of strikes me as a Barney the Dinosaur fan kind of guy, so maybe that's not such a bad segue after all. But I wanted to start first with the Trump visit. I mean, could this have been a better political move, uh, period? And could it have been a better move at all, politics aside? This is very much Trump going back to what made him so successful and so popular in the first place. America first while Joe Biden is running around in Kiev and, uh, you know, showing again that he can relate to the common guy because he is at his heart. He has maybe a lot of money, but he's still just kind of a regular guy who loves America and loves his fellow Americans, right? Yep, and he's always been that way. I remember when I lived in New York, never met the man, but um, I was always maybe one or two people from meeting him, and they were telling me these stories about this guy, the Donalds, as they called him back then, uh, was doing wonderful things for people. He'd see someone distressed on the street or uh, see a, 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 a sidewalk messed up in front of a business. He would have it fixed. Uh, he was just that kind of guy. He's always been that kind of guy. And it, it really bothers me, uh, Tim, um, the, the, the level of hatred that the man received. Knowing what a kind guy, I mean, he runs rings around almost every Christian leader that you can speak of as far as how you treat your fellow man. Yeah, he hits back if, 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 if people tweak him. And he's been a little childish lately with LeBron DeSantis. But overall, the guy is, is, is 10 feet over, whether it's, uh, what's that homie guy's name, Franklin Graham, any of them. scandalous they're they're mean to people they have they have horrible attitudes and it's just uh, and when I watch and see how Donald Trump is just treated the hatred and now I don't know if you're aware of this the media including Fox News is staging a blackout of Donald Trump and they're going to try because none of them want him back with yeah. all that is going on with the country under under Joe Biden, Donald Trump is the, the quickest person to, to, to get to, to save the country, right? He's the most known. He's He has a track record. But they hate him so much because of his, of his non-globalist ties 
but they use that that as an excuse to tell everyone he's such a horrible guy and 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 he and they just have have officially decided to black him out they didn't carry a speech that he gave the other day they gave very 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 little coverage to what he did in ohio um so i don't know um i i think for the first time i i i think that um maybe the united states goose is cooked because uh I don't see a way out anymore. I used to say see a little light at the end of the tunnel, even as recently as our last conversation. But if you're willing as a nation, conservative Republicans as well as the leftists, conservatives in the media as well as the liberals in the media are willing to shut the door on the individual who has a proven track record, who quickly got America into a very good position, and you'd rather continue with what we have or take a chance on a globalist Republican than that guy, considering the position the United States is in now, she's pushed the, the she's pushed the Russian bear into the waiting arms of, of China. And it goes on and on and on and on, and I'll shut up because you asked me a specific question and I just kept going on and on and on. I'm sorry about that, Tim. That's, that's <laughs> not a problem because it's all related, and that's been one of the general themes of today's entire show with all the guests when we talk about one topic. You know, I, I had uh, Dr. Robert Malone on uh, at the very top of the show, which I don't normally do guests right out the jump, but it was the only time he was available, so uh, obviously I'm going to make that work. I mean, the guy created the mRNA technology that the uh, – Scamdemic uh, van uh, vaccines, as you uh, often refer to, it's what it was based on, and he was one of the loudest voices in opposition to it, and so he had to be censored. And uh, I'd be dadgum if I'm not going to help uh, get his message out there, especially with the new book. But you know, the whole thing with his new book, he's not talking about the vaccines per se. He's not talking about uh, the uh, the efforts to censor him. He's talking about all the different layers of how all this stuff. Uh, falls together and you know it, it doesn't matter how many times we talk about it uh, ron we're still always talking about just a different layer of the exact same problem there's a group of people that cannot stand the principles on which the united states of america was founded on they've been trying to destroy it they've been seeing a lot of success and moving in the direction of getting enough young people dumbed down enough to believe that socialism is an actual solution and uh, they can't allow somebody like Donald Trump to show up and show that in two seconds, somebody employing a little common sense and a little business know-how can solve almost every problem it takes them decades to form. And so they have to squish it. They have to silence them. I mean, the Abraham Accords alone, if Donald Trump had done nothing else, which we know he did a, a ton more, but if he'd done nothing else, the Abraham Accords unknown – should have been enough to convince the world we need more Donald Trump-style diplomacy rather than capitulation that makes the world a much, much more dangerous place. And when it comes to Biden, from the, from the jump, everything has been wrong. Everything has been bad, whether you're talking about his effort to destroy our energy independence to handing over Afghanistan to a group of 6th century uh, goat herders. It doesn't matter which aspect you're talking about. He, everything he's done is wrong, and it's all interrelated. But yeah, Trump's visit to Ohio is a big deal because they had, him, had the people there cheering for him 
And then when we saw Buttigieg appear, we had a bunch of people either indifferent or asking where you been. So uh, I think what we saw was the return of the Trump that works best, the Trump that could be president again, the Trump that won the White House in the first place. But yeah, the the left can't stand him. Journalists can't uh, deal with it because he's the one that's going to ruin the game. He upsets the apple cart. So so don't apologize for for uh, expanding the conversation. It is all related, and it's all a big piece of the same uh, pie of uh, people trying to destroy our great nation. Um, but with all that having been said, and I, I kind of started ranting a little myself there, um, we saw the exact opposite with Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he shows up. He's not well-received. He doesn't even like talking to the press. And the press, uh, a lot of the media that was there were asking the same questions. They were asking on behalf of the people of the town, why did it take so long? Do you apologize for taking so long? Um, love to get your thoughts on not just the delay, but also his failure to act. Well, here's the thing. he had. I could see the attitude. Uh, he has a very elitist attitude. And why someone from South Bend, Indiana who was a sorry mayor of that town, who happened to be picked by Joe Biden, who likes to pick freaks uh, to be in his administration and to, to, to populate the White House, to permeate it with, with just filth, with, with human debris. That's the only reason why he's there. He's not there because of qualifications. He's there for the same reason as that uh, the uh, klepto, the, um, oh gosh, the, the luggage thief. Biden likes to, to bring in freaks, as do, as do most Democrats. It's about the demoralization and the just the watering down of our society and putting these kinds of examples in front of young people through the media. That's what they say, freaks and positions of authority. I mean, they are. I mean, I, I tell you, man, the left have so many avenues covered. And that's why, because this time around, they're doing a much better job of making sure that we don't get a patriot back in the White House. They failed when they tried to destroy America, when they brought Nixon down. They tried to bring down Reagan. They, at first, when George W. Bush started out good, he quickly capitulated after he lost out on trying to reform Social Security and he was fighting against abortion. He caved and became a, a piece of a dirtbag like his dad and Jeb. And... Um, Donald, the Donald would not play uncle. I mean, they all loved him. Remember, he was in movies, um, cameo appearances, but you know, the the um, the Christmas movie, um, and everyone loved him. The rappers loved him. He gave free rent to um, oh god, what are those those liars' names? Jesse, Jesse, hey, where's the camera? Jackson and Al Winbag Sharpton. Well, he's more not a windbag anymore. He's more of a stick figure de with dead men walking. Um, so, Tim, it is um, we're up against it this time. Um, they, 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 they've got all the bases covered. The church has corrupted. The thirty thousand evangelicals approached um, um, Franklin Graham. And they said, "Look." We don't want you to support Donald Trump. The Christians are turning against him because the Christians are no better than, than anyone else, any other group in the world. 
as far as I'm concerned, the westernized Christians, they're, they're, they're full of crap too, uh, the majority of them, and I say that as a Christian. And I dare, and I dare those scumbags to prove me wrong. Yeah, I dare, well, I dare them. So, um, I think it's important right there, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Ron, but I think it's important sure. for people to understand. When you say that, you're talking about the people that are Christian in name only. You're talking about the the church equivalent to rhinos. Uh, these are people that show up on Sundays and, and uh, show up for the uh, dog and pony show but aren't necessarily living the life as a Christian. And that's an important distinction to make. But yes, uh, just... There's so I, many of them, though. There's so many of them now, though, that you wouldn't believe, uh, Tim, the, the great number of evangelicals. That was the largest group of Christians in support of Donald Trump. And, and many of them are turning against him. They, 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 they say that, oh... He's too mean. I mean, I heard a guy today, I was listening to Dennis Prager, and one of the callers said, yeah, you know, uh, I, I used to support Donald Trump, but he's too abrasive. He read a letter from a, a, a woman from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, said the same thing. So these people, and, and, and there's, there's, it must be a spiritual matter or something like that, or a combination of mental de depravity or mental breakdown, because if these people are more disturbed over Donald Trump calling DeSantis a few names, which I thought I've spoken out against that, I thought he was wrong. Yeah. But I'm not so retarded, Tim, that because of that, I'm willing to throw the man out and not have anything to say about Donald uh, about I'm sorry about Joe Biden or about the globalist Mr. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis needs to be forced to stay right there in Florida. There is not a better governor in the in the entire country. He's the best governor probably in, in any state in my entire lifetime. Even better than Ronald Reagan when he was governor of California. But he needs to stay right there because he's not he won't have his his hands on the levers of international power. And yet People hate Donald Trump. The Christians are turning against him because, well, he's a little abrasive. Well, they should be intelligent to, enough to understand him that it was because of his, abra his abrasive nature. And when he told Putin, if you screw around, if you do such and such, I'm going to blow up the Kremlin. When he leaned over and whispered in the Xi Jinping's ear, uh, well, you know, uh, we just uh, took out a terrorist leader in uh, Syria and you saw the funny, the surprised look on uh, Xi Jinping's face, like, oh, my goodness. They knew that they were dealing with a, a fellow alpha, because both Putin and, and, and Xi Jinping are, are alphas. And they were like, holy crap. They knew not to mess around, not to screw around. And Rocket Man ended up liking him. And I think he and Putin were getting along because he and Putin agreed on the bigger enemy, call Ukraine and the horrible in, inhumane things that were going on in there. So it, it and, and like you mentioned, the Abraham Accords, who knows what kind of uh, deals he could have worked and brokered with, the, North, with um, the, the Western Hemisphere to keep China from eating our lunch, which it is doing now, as far as influence and territory in the Western Hemisphere, as well as in Africa. 
That's why I'm saying, Tim, I think this is the first time since knowing or knowing with you and, and speaking with you, this is the first time I've, I, I think that our, 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 our goose is cooked unless there is a direct physical intervention from God Almighty. Uh, that might very well be the case. I mean, we literally have Iranian military uh, in South and Central America now. Yep. We have the Chinese military that are actively involved in uh, Central American uh, policies and have a physical presence. We have spy balloons that are being allowed to go overhead. And uh, you're right. Uh, not, none of this would have happened under Trump because uh, you would have had Putin concerned about how strong NATO actually was because under Trump, NATO was finally starting to pay what they're supposed to pay for uh, everybody keeping up their part of the uh, the treaty. You had Germany whining about it to, to a great extent, and there were still these other issues, but in their minds, Trump was a bit of a wild card. Uh, they were like, okay, well, this guy says some stuff, but he means a lot of what he says, and I, I don't think this guy's above acting unilaterally, uh, but he also has a way of dragging folks along for the ride, too. Uh, a lot of we, – we wouldn't be concerned right now that China at any minute is going to do a full blitzkrieg and try to take uh, Taiwan. We wouldn't be concerned right now that, uh, again, Ukraine is going to continue to be this magical black hole of U.S. taxpayer dollars that somehow a good chunk ends up magically back in the Biden crime family's bank accounts uh, after it's been properly washed. Uh, it's just – a level of ridiculousness, but it, then it goes back again to the fact that Donald Trump knew the game. He was an insider. He was part of the same groups. He was an, a, a member of the elite by virtue of what he had and what he had built. But at the same time, he wasn't one of them because he actually does believe in America first. He's he's the fly in the ointment, as uh they used to say uh, back when uh, we were talking college football, he is the guy that creates these issues. They can't stand it. He punches up a hole in their bubble. Yes. And, and, and because they have now shut down all the levers of what helped Donald Trump in the past, I mean, they were fascinated with him, even if they wanted to shoot him down they couldn't successfully do it because so many people liked him and it, but they, they've shut everything down. I mean, there is no way even Fox news has turned against him. Remember it was Fox news that called the election first. And I read, um, it was a story about, Oh gosh, what is this? They said that, um, that the Fox News newsers <laughs> said that uh, they knew that the election was not over, but they went ahead and called it anyway. Sandra Smith was the one that called it. I'll never forget that night, that fateful night. And that was way ahead before, the, you know, it was a low percentage of votes that had been counted. And when they, I forgot the particular state, they said, well, it's done. And, um, Donald Trump has lost the race or whatever and there and I'm thinking myself they never would call a race that early because they wanted to always wait and, and get the the results yada 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 
And so this time around, man, it's like they've covered all the, the, the bases. It's like they had they practiced with the first Donald Trump uh, administration. They practiced with Nixon. They practiced under with Reagan. They thought they had everything in the bag with in the bag with Ali Obama, and up popped Donald Trump. Now they have trapped everything off. They've learned from their mistakes, and they've got everything sewn up now. They have a, a high enough percentage of young people on their side. As you mentioned, the socialism aspect. I talked about uh, in, on my show today about how young people are the new old geezers. They're the, they're the new old people. They've been, you know, I call them the generation of uh, Crankshaft. Crankshaft was a, uh, a, a newspaper character, cartoon character, who you just couldn't change his mind on anything. He was a crotchety old man, and um, there was no way you could logically talk to him. He was funny. But the the young generation is the same way. The Z generation or whatever they are, from 23 to 18 or whatever, that age group, they're very dangerous. For the first time in American history, young people, fewer and fewer young people want cars because they've been brainwashed and not... Um, desiring that independence that the automobile brings you, they're more in, they're 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 gearing up towards a uh, sh- you know taking a shine toward the idea of 15-minute cities, which are already in operation in in China, where to go to another part of the city you got to have a pass and a certain amount of time. And I read recently where they're uh, cozying up to the idea that if there are there is car ownership, it's community. You have to. There, everyone owns this car, and you you make an appointment with your neighbor for your to go to work, doctor appointment, and forget going on a family vacation. So the and and this and 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 I'll talk to certain young people. I won't give any names, but certain young people, and they're intelligent. They've got jobs. They're doing well. But when it comes to this stuff, it's like. They're cement brains. They're okay with being lied to by the government on the shots. But, oh, that Trump. Oh, America's racist past. These are white young people. I mean, it's, 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 and I'm in, in to have such a large percentile of white American, young white Americans so un- unenthusiastic about the good aspects of the United States of America, that also makes me very concerned and makes me believe that maybe our goose is cooked because they fi- I, I've i known for years, I mean, millions of new graduates every year, socialist pigs coming out, squealing out, and now they've reached a certain oh, percentile. No nation. If I'm incorrect on what I'm going to tell you, Tim, please. Jesus, please correct me. But no nation that I can think of that has had this amount or percentage of the illegals or outsiders crossing their borders survive in the long If I'm wrong, please correct me because I need a little bit of hope somewhere. I, I do hate that uh, that you're feeling so exasperated tonight, uh, sir, but I, I can't say that I don't feel uh, the same level of frustration. It, it is rough. Um, 
we are about to have to transition to our break, however, uh, Ron. So if you will stay right where you're at, we'll take a little bit of a break. But before we do the break, I do want to remind everybody that the uh, government is warning everybody about a known safety threat. That is uh, a threat that's poisoning thousands of Americans every single year, and in some cases even worse. We're talking about carbon monoxide poisoning. We're talking about what happened to Craig. Uh, he, of course, was trying to do the right thing during Hurricane Ida. He went out, he bought a gas generator, he fired it up. But during the night, carbon monoxide seeped out of his generator and into his home. That night, Craig lost his wife and his two children, and all because he suffered with the carbon monoxide poisoning from trying to be the smart guy. Sad part is Craig isn't alone. Like I said, thousands of Americans every year deal with it in some extent. And the real tragedy is that it didn't have to happen at all. Thanks to a brand new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators that is now available to all Americans, even those of you who probably thought you couldn't afford them before, the Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator. It doesn't use gas. So... By default, it doesn't have any fumes. Instead of being loud, it's as quiet as a laptop. Plus, it's so lightweight, you can take it with, with you wherever you need to go, including bring it inside. It's powerful enough to keep your phones charged, your emergency radios running, your medical devices operational, and even keep your refrigerator going if that's what you need. And right now, you can go over to 4Patriots.com and use code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first order on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. Just go to 4Patriots.com and use code TAP to get 10% off. That's the number 4 forpatriots.com use code tap t-a-p-p all caps get yours today doug take us into the break <laughs> i love you <laughs> nobody has to get hurt it's I love you, and you love me. This creature is driving me up a tree. It's time to go kill Barney and blow up his dorky home. I'll rub him out without a trace. I'm pumping hot lead in his purple face. But hurry quick, because Barney is singing a stupid poem. Kids' TV is too violent. I've heard that once or twice. But when it comes to Barney... Some violence would be nice. Let's make some haste. No time to waste. It's time that my two-year-old got some taste and started watching Hamlet or reading Ethan for Rome. I'm burying the hatchet in Barney's disgusting foam. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. Right here, right now, there is no other 
Will the Believe All Women dogma influencing society create a permanent divide between real men and females in Western society? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the one you want in your cup. The world witnessed the legal gymnastics Johnny Depp had to go through to prove his innocence when he was falsely accused by actress Amber Hurt of abuse. Now, Andrew and Tristan Tate, two world-renowned spokesmen for men's rights, masculinity and true justice, are sitting in a Romanian jail based upon false accusations of two American females set out to help the Matrix undermined them because of their bold message to men to no longer allow themselves to succumb to Western society that says strong, principled, and masculine men must be brought down if they do not conform to the corrupt, anti-inalienable rights, anti-God, anti-strong men, and anti-traditional family society of today. Unfortunately, even much of Christianity has been demoted to a lesser feminist-oriented shadow of its former glory. Thus, fewer men in particular want anything to do with it. Men must unite and strongly stand for our unalienable rights in society while seeking the principles of God and His forgiveness for allowing Western society to get so out of whack. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. Under just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bimonthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do.
You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Amy. This is Az. Me too. Sharing the night. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are indeed sharing Friday night together. So glad to have you along for the ride, and even more glad to have my friend, American Patriot, Ron Edwards, on the line with us as well. Uh, We're having our usual uh, conversation, and uh, you know what? It's, It's a little depressing. I mean, Ron is right in being concerned about all these things uh, ongoing, and, you know, we see all this, and it's really hard to keep a positive attitude about it. So, I mean, I'm feeling Ron's pain, and hopefully we can try to to cheer him up a little bit uh, about this because there is still hope for America uh, because I see it with the American people. I, I see folks that are starting to wake up a little more every day, and I think a lot of the wokeness in particular, which has been the biggest tool they've been wielding against us lately, uh, is really starting to fray. Uh, we are currently seeing uh, even members of the media calling Pete Buttigieg out for his obvious complete and total incompetence uh, in the position he's supposed to have, one that he was never qualified for, and we've already kind of touched on that. But we're also seeing this effort for the Biden administration to get fake photo ops of, oh, how look how brave I am walking through Kiev. Uh, the air sirens in the background clearly staged. We all know that to be the case. And uh, I think as we also make a point to let people uh, know what the next topic I wanted to discuss with Ron, if we really push hard to get folks to realize how much we try to interfere with other countries' politics. Uh, It's just going to be one more feather in the cap, but the the, the real thing is we're getting to a point where real harm is starting to happen to our children in a way that even the woke are starting to recognize as harm that's being perpetrated on them by lies and the efforts of liars, and that's all that propagates the left. Uh, Before we go any further, though, uh, thank you again for uh, being here tonight, Ron. I appreciate it. Uh, Please let everybody know where they can find your work. Well, you can find my work uh, easily. Just go to theronedwards.com. That's my website, and you'll see times and places where the Ron Edwards American Experience is aired weekdays at 3 p.m. and on the weekends as well. And you can also find me on social media via Facebook, the Ron Edwards, uh, Ron Edwards, and Friends of the Edwards Notebook pages. Also on Getter, Ron E. American Experience. Well, it's at Ron E. American Experience on Getter. And you can find me as well on, uh, no, not not anymore on Twitter. Uh, I was knocked off and I haven't gone back. But uh, that's about that's about it, Tim. Well, you know, I'd say that that's plenty, especially if they go over to uh, uh, the website and see everything you're doing there. You you are a man on the front line. There is no doubt about it. You stand up on principle. You fight for what you believe in. And thank goodness we're on the same side, sir, because I would hate to be uh, on the other side when it comes right down to it. Uh, right now, we, we talked a little bit during our first uh, bit of our conversation tonight about uh, the 
basically a victory for Donald Trump when it comes down to showing everything that makes Trump so good and so appealing to the American people. We didn't go too far in depth with what a complete and utter failure Pete Buttigieg has been, but, you know, it just, it seems unnecessary, really, to go into it. Uh, I did want to touch real quick before we get to the next topic, though. Isn't it almost funny, uh, hilarious, in fact, that the media and the uh, Biden administration have tried so very hard to find a way to try to blame this train derailment on the Trump administration? And it only takes about two and a half seconds of research, not that most people that believe the legacy media or voted for Biden are capable of doing it. But it only takes a, a little bit of time to research it and see that all their excuses and all their attempts to link this to being somehow Trump's fault is all a bunch of smokescreen. And most of it is the exact opposite of what you and I like to call the truth. Yeah, and, and it's it's kind of sad when I think about just what you just so eloquently spoke spoke of. And the fact that, um, for the most part, they're getting away with it. And I understand when you say that there are more and more people waking up every day, but there's still so many that are asleep. I know of Christian families with children as young as seven years of age moving from Florida to Indiana, for example, that's one, to have their child sliced up because the girl wants to be a boy. Uh, this is a Christian family. I mean, you're talking about the tongue-talking, deeply Christ-oriented family, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, well, you know, little so-and-so believes that she's a boy, and, and therefore, you know, we're going to uproot ourselves and move to Indiana where we can quickly get the, the operation underway. It's things like that, Tim, that, that uh, can bring about not depression, but deep concern. Because if the Christians are acting that way, my gosh, well, the rest of the folks, I mean, come on. And so that's what, what, what makes me very concerned. And for instance, um, in Ohio, well, it's a red state already. And I think that uh, this, I, I don't, oh, maybe you, you may discount me in saying this, but I think some of these train wrecks, because that's not the only one, I think some of these are plotted. If you, I mean, you talk about 7,000 train wrecks a year, and I think that some of these are, are plotted and planned. You cannot have thousands and thousands of wrecks of any kind with large devices like trains running all over the country without some kind of deviancy. In, in the in the plotting process because trains have been running on that track for a long time and then all of a sudden boom boom and as I found on the internet there are things that you can buy they're they're for sale they're called train derailers well you can buy it you and I can go online right now and buy train derailers and to try to blame Trump is is like trying to blame a, a Christmas tree for such a thing. He had nothing to do with it. These things have 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 increased under under this administration and in strange areas, along with strange fires, 
of chicken facilities, of uh, food outlets. Uh, they just blew up a, med- a metal uh, shop in, in suburban Cleveland, Bedford, Ohio. All these things happening all over the country that have to do with what? Our commerce, our ability to take care of ourselves, our ability to run our own, making it more difficult because as China continues to uh, act the way it's doing and more people are saying, well, we should bring our stuff back. Well, they're trying to make it so de- de- demolished here. Well, it would be it would be that much longer to get things up and running in our favor. And I and and maybe it may be far fetched. You, you might say it's uh, conspiratorial, but cons- conspiracy is what people working together. They're just just they're just thinking and working together. So I I um and 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 anyone that would believe first of all that. Trump has any had anything to do with it or some failure of the Trump administration as to why something like that now is happening. For anyone to believe that, they have to be either mildly retarded or so politically soiled that even if they know that it's untrue, they're willing to take and run with it because of their hatred for, for Donald Trump yes, and their support Trump, of leftist uh, policies. Yeah, Trump derangement syndrome is yes. still... Very much in play. Uh, first, sir, I'm going to ask you to take off that tinfoil hat because it's so much nicer than mine. And uh, <laughs> then uh, I, I do. I mean, we, we should do a quick rundown. We have uh, the Biden administration trying to say that Trump had undone some of the Obama administration's rules that would have prevented it. Now, the rules they're talking about actually was an effort to make it more expensive to ship things via train because of their green agenda. It it has nothing to do with safety at all. Uh, Another rule that they wanted to talk about is, well, uh, Trump created a situation where they were going to rely on technology instead of good union employees who could have taken care of it. Now, there's two aspects that are at issue with that. Number one, the technology they're talking about was still being employed, but it's obviously uh, was a case where they detected this temperature uh, change in the bearing that they claim uh, caused the braking to be necessary, and it was the braking that caused this derailment. At least that's the official story at this point. And, and I got no reason to, to doubt it at this point uh, specifically. Plenty of room to speculate that maybe there's more to it. But uh, that being the, the case, even with their story, obviously these uh, sensors need to be a little more frequent so you could have checked it before it got so bad. But that technology also was supposed to allow them to be able to operate with just one person on the train. Uh, and they claim that there should have been at least two, and two people would have prevented it. And they completely blow over the fact that this particular train actually had three people manning it, and instead of the one they were trying to play off. So, so much of this is so blatantly false. And it's still, even if all that was completely true, if Pete Buttigieg was good at his job, or if uh, Biden was uh, on top of the the game here and they knew how dangerous these changes were, why didn't they change it back by now? Uh, Biden literally spent the first six months of his so-called time in office just trying to undo everything Trump had done. And this was one or two little things they hadn't gotten around to yet. This would have been important enough in my mind that if there was any truth to it, 
It should have been right out the gate. Why didn't they do that immediately? Uh, even if you spend two seconds just thinking about it, Ron, it's clear that this is just a lame excuse rather than them have to just stand up and admit that, hey, we're actually no damn good at this, and you probably shouldn't be letting us uh, even pretend to do this because clearly we can't. Well, they can do what they're doing, and they're doing the same thing with the railroads as they're doing with every other other aspect of society and that is they're ruining it. I I don't I do not believe that in all these situations that it's just malfunctions and things of that nature um, without help. I just believe that. Because why is it? You know, it's not like three years ago, everything was uh, perfect and, and 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 suddenly everything just fell apart. Whether it's the railroads, whether it's manufacturing plants, whether it's eggs, egg-producing egg farms or large centers, whatever. All of this falling apart at the same time. And, you don't, and, and people don't think that there's some kind of orchestration here to destroy us. One of the, the hallmarks of America, of the United States, that set her apart um, from other countries was that we had a multi-level or multi-level of, of prosperity in our economy, and there was so much supply of everything. It was as if, it was almost like a, uh, a second tier of heaven or something. It was just an, an insurmountable supply of everything. And so what the Biden administration has been doing through calamities, through malfunctions, through um, negligence, and letting things wear down and get raggedy or whatever, uh, I think it's an orchestrated effort to destroy and wither away the preponderance of supplies in our country. Because even in hard times, there was always enough food to, to, to give out for anyone not to go hungry in this country. There was always a supply to, 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 take, to take care of uh, emergencies quickly. Now, things can happen. It could be days and weeks before lights are turned back on. And, and and now we have better technology than ever before, or so they say it's better, but yet now it's taking longer to get lights turned back on in, in many communities that have storms or whatever. It's it takes it's more difficult to get food food prices. You know, I mean there is swaths of um, businesses here in Michigan that were out that were knocked out of power, and we had a storm, but it was not exactly the most severe storm that I've ever lived through. By any stretch of the imagination, I remember years uh, when we've had much worse storms, and there were far fewer people and businesses that uh, that lost power, and for days. So I think it's a systematic breakdown, uh, a planned breakdown of our, uh, not only of supplies, but of our ability to repair things and get things back up and running, inching us closer to at least a second-tier nation. And I think if you were to look on a list of nations and that gauges our standard of living, I think we would not even be in the top 20 in the world. Because when you put that, all everything that I just mentioned, and you couple that with the conditions in all of our major, well, most of our major cities, 
and the crime and and just the degradation in such large areas used to be ghetto ghettos were oh that 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 little section over there you don't go over there now it's everywhere you can't walk down the magnificent mile and have a good time 30 percent of the businesses are have been shut because uh, these wild bands of Negroes have been running in, and, and these human baboons have been just tearing up things. And same thing, Saks Fifth Avenue in New York. It doesn't matter where. The CVS drugstore in Washington, D.C. At DuPont Circle. Hey, they, if 15 little black boys and girls run in to steal the candy, the managers are, are told, do not stop them. Let them go ahead. And this has been going on for years. And now it's increasing. Boom, boom, boom. And a lot of the black uh, AGs and, and district attorneys around the country are in concert with this Soros black back plan. So this is a plot. This is a plan. This is orchestrated. And so, um, and then it, it's they're trying to turn us into a giant uh, India or something where things are just. Well, they're building up in India, but here they're tearing things down. So it, it's you know it's it's beyond just conspiracy theories, Tim. You don't tear down, you don't destroy fifty cities, many of which were amongst the most beautiful, the most civilized. The most prestigious. I mean, wh how many cities were m more prestigious at one time than San Francisco? And God knows, maybe one or two cities on the entire planet were more prestigious than New York City. And maybe that was because of their age, but not because of their greatness. Now, America, all, every American city is shamed. It looks like a garbage bin compared to Dubai's cities. Or Singapore's or Singapore, the city of Singapore. Oh, that's a nation, I'm sorry. Nation city, nation state, whatever. Um, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. So it's all breaking down together at the same time. China buying up farmland. Christy Nome of uh, South Dakota tried to stop it. Her Republican legislature through through a, a, a monkey a, a wrench in in the ointment and, and stopped her effort, Republicans. So yeah, there's orchestration. It's a uniparty now. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate that uh, that is the situation. But there's way too many people, regardless of what letter they stick at the end of their name, that are cashing in on what they think is uh, opportunity. And they're being extremely short-sighted, and they don't really seem to care about the future of the nation or realizing that, uh, quite honestly, at this point, uh, if they don't start fixing the direction we're going in, uh, they're not going to be able to enjoy the fruits of their ill-begotten gains either. Uh, we're quickly running out of time, Ron, and I did want to at least touch on one more story because I wanted to get your take. Uh, we'll have to try to keep it about two minutes, uh, but we have news now coming that once again, uh, the Biden administration, just like the Obama administration before it, is desperately trying to interfere with the Israeli government, in particular 
Benjamin Netanyahu, who was once again prime minister. And we are sending U.S. taxpayer funds to help fund a group that is designated uh, and designed only for one purpose, and that is to upend anything Benjamin Netanyahu does. has a lot to do with the exact same rationale, the things that uh, they're trying to destroy here. Uh, he represents a voice of logic, reason, and freedom uh, in a part of the world that needs to hear it. Uh, and uh, it's just we, we sit back and we hear these same people whine about foreign nations interfering uh, with our elections and, and the like. But here we are once again caught red-handed and even bragging about it to a degree. Uh, with their uh, their efforts to try and stop Benjamin Netanyahu. So uh, just real quick, like I said, about a minute and a half right now, Ron. Uh, what, uh, what's your quick take on uh, that situation as it's a, a return to normal for the uh, uh, Obama third term? Well, we're already under the third Obama administration. Little Frenchie had a, uh, at a recent press conference or whatever, and she was speaking and she said flat out, well, the, under the, the, you know, the Obama administration, then she corrected herself. Oh, I meant so-and-so. Uh, so we are under the third term of Ali Obama. And it's not because Joe Biden has lost his mind or anything, because Joe Biden has been plotting these things since 1972. So even in his stage of whatever you want to call it, dementia, Alzheimer's or whatever, he still has enough memory to it's on autopilot to, you know, finish trying to s destroy the country. Um, this interference with uh, Israel is very, very irritating to me. It's another reason why I'm not in, in such a good mood this evening. Benjamin Netanyahu has been trying to reform the uh, Supreme Court, which is filled with leftist judges in, in Israel. And it has an inordinate amount of power that supersedes the Knesset and Benjamin Netanyahu's position. And the only thing he wanted to do was to level it to equal degrees so that uh, they could at least get the job done of uh, securing better security uh, for Israel. For example, the Supreme Court of Israel overruled not too long ago, a couple of few years ago, and allowed Hezbollah, I think it's Hezbollah, to drill for oil just 12 miles off of their, their coast of, of Israel. Well, Israel's coast uh, or, you know, waterway, as with most nations, goes out to, I think it's 200 miles. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's 200 miles. And the Israeli government, you know, they had ruled the Knesset, Hey, you know, it's a 200-mile limit. You go, go there and try your luck. But no, the, uh, the freaking uh, Supreme Court said nope. And they have always, in recent years, been ruling in favor of Israeli en enemies, acting like U.S. politicians that, that do that here. And Netanyahu is trying to work on behalf of his national interest. And how dare... As much as I love the United States, how dare it act like an ass wipe and 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 and, 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 and try to putrefy the Israeli Knesset and their their ability to act as a sovereign nation and and, and and secure itself. And if they have to take down 
the Supreme Court a level or two to, to do that so that they can at least take care of themselves, they should be allowed to do that. All right. Ron, I, I hate to, but we've got to lend it right there. But that's a great point to leave it on. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Uh, I appreciate it as always. Keep up the great work. And uh, you keep doing what you do, and we'll get together again real soon. And in the meanwhile, for all you fine folks out there listening, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, everybody. in both hands Founders knew the second amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Malamine, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands. Well, I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223. Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family. using both hands.